is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists, where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door, where truth drops like an atom bomb and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week, we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back, listeners. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and I'm here with Peter. What's up? What's up, Jared? Are you like kind of a one name? Like, do people just know you on a first name basis by now? Well, pretty much because they can't ever, you know, pronounce my last name. So, you know, Peter's fine. Peter B. A lot of people call me Peter B. That's all good, too. All right. Yeah, because, you know, there's or still plenty of... B. I mean... <laughs> there's still plenty of ways to say it. Right? Right? Yeah, so how, uh, how's this uh, summer weather? Peter B. Ah, oh, my goodness. My goodness. You know, again, being the Wisconsin transplant, uh, still getting used to it, still getting used to it. But, um, you know, we've had a few days now where it hasn't been, you know, you know, 120. So that's that's a, a plus. I mean, <laughs> I saw I did see a funny meme last night, though. I showed my wife. It was a picture of somebody with a blanket over their feet and they're drinking hot chocolate. It, it literally said, break out the hot chocolate. It's under 100 degrees in, in Arizona. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you could almost say that even under 110. Right. You're going right. off. I caught myself like last night. It was it was about 96. Yeah. I don't like it's cooling off. Yeah. <laughs> I think like eight o'clock. Just, yeah. And it's like, you just want it. You're like, I, I need this. I need this cool off. And you're just hoping for, and it's amazing. When I first moved here, people said, you know, when it hits, you know, in the nineties, you're going to be like, it's cooling off. And I was like, are you kidding me? Nineties is not cooling off, but it, it, it is cooling off. Well, it was a little different for me too. Last week I was at the Institute for Healthcare Marketing. I was at the Strategic Marketing Summit by a group called the Institute for Healthcare Marketing in Atlanta. And so... Hotlanta. Yeah, hitting a little bit of the humidity again. And I'll tell you, the event was was fantastic. I loved it. It was a really cool lineup of healthcare marketing speakers. Uh, It was mainly for a uh, the healthcare supplier audience. Oh. So a lot of vendors, a lot of a lot of companies supporting the healthcare industry, and it was really great to be there. Not only to hear the presentations, but to get to know more of you who are in the supplier side of things. And uh, it was it was funny. I mean, I thought about it just from the weather standpoint because at one point I was just taking a walk about. I was in a midtown Atlanta, and I was just I felt like comfortable and then all of a sudden I stopped like at a stoplight because I mean I really was I was just walking around for a little bit because like I had been sitting all day and like my watch tells me I gotta close my rings you know <laughs> yes and all of a sudden just like like yeah you were sweating the, standing there right? it was all at once though that was that's what I didn't remember about being in the south is that it just happens yeah but you know what uh you came back with like I look like 20 pages of notes that that you got from that conference. So uh, I think it was a, a good conference for you to be at. It was fantastic. And so the, it's put on by Share Moving Media. And just the program itself is 
fantastic because uh, we had Amanda Dodorovich from Cleveland Clinic. Mm -hmm. uh, we had several other, uh, we had Michael Brenner, who is a regular at Content Marketing World. Uh, and we had, again, just a couple of days full, folks from Mayo Clinic, from Banner Health, from lots of places, and did a great job. And the main takeaway for me was, oh yeah, content, like let's get you know, let's take things to the next level. Like, let's just see where things go now. And so that's actually going to be the topic of our rap battle today is content in and of itself. So let's hit up the rap battle. Here we go. Rap battle. So the rap battle is our segment where we challenge an assumption that we feel like has been holding back healthcare marketing. And the assumption today is... In my mind, it could go a couple of different ways. I feel like this one could start off in one direction and go a couple of different ways. But the assumption that we're challenging is something that I've heard a lot over the years. It's that content marketing doesn't really deliver results. Hmm. That if it does, they're short. You know, they're they're short lived. And I just want to challenge that right off the bat and say, eh, like, like uh, wrong. But yeah, <laughs> let's dive in and, and yeah. talk about where things are today. Because I'd love to just uh, start off, Peter, just uh, picking your brain about like what. Why aren't we more obsessed with content? My immediate reaction would be, first of all, I, I think the answer, there's many answers to that, but I think one of the big ones is, it's a tough thing to do. I think a lot of people think content is easy to do, but to do it right and to do it consistently, and when I say right, that could be to the right people, the right themes, the right messaging, the right people that you're talking to in your in your industry or at your workplace. There are so many nuances to doing content marketing correctly that the price to entry can be very hard. Not only does it take somebody with a massive amount of, of curiosity, but resourcefulness, innovation, preparedness, and initiative. I mean, there's so many things that have to happen. And you have to have this reporter's mindset, this curiosity to be able to draw out things, but then understand too what your audience wants as well. Um, so there is, you're never going to get away from data. And, you know, if you think you're going to do content marketing to get away from data, you're mistaken because you should always be kind of looking at what, what is doing well, whether it's a feature story, if it's an infographic, if it's video, all of these things are part of content marketing, but all of these things need to be tweaked on an ongoing basis to determine what's being listened to, what's being ingested by your by your audience. So there's many answers to that question, but I think price to entry is it's harder than a lot of people think it is to tell you the truth. Not only from doing, but from even strategizing. Like to sit down. I mean, I think and and Content Marketing Institute has done numerous articles on this is it's almost like inconceivable to how to start this thing, but you got to start somewhere like the, a strategy and an editorial calendar and you know what your KPIs are. There's a lot to go into that, a lot of thinking around that, but you got to start somewhere. And I think sometimes when you want to start it and you start looking at doing going, doing the Googles and all that stuff, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just overwhelming. So that's, I think my first initiative, my initial thought is it's hard to get it, get into it and do it right according to what's out there, like on CMI and things like that. I can see that. And I think a few years ago, I mean, by now it's probably been eight, 10, 12 years ago in reality, when the term content marketing and the counterpart term inbound marketing, yeah. depends on which which side of the fence, it's really talking about the same thing. But 
this whole concept really kind of came to the mainstream and we were looking at it and saying, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. And so let's do that on top of all the regular marketing we're already doing, the paid right. paid side. So now you've got this earned, owned, and paid and you've got, you know, so this is the owned part. This is where we're generating things ourselves. And what I saw at least was a lot of organizations just saying, we'll just pile that on, but we're still going to keep doing all the paid yeah. and earned. And if anything happens with this owned marketing, then bonus, but like, uh, it, it, they either, they, this didn't go in all the way on it and saw it as a short term thing. Like they thought like paid a, was like a trend well. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause paid advertising, I mean, advertising by nature is something that's really quick, short term, uh, it tends to focus still too much on an impression, which can mean anything these days. And any dashboard worth its weight at all is going to show you an immediate return, supposedly. Right. So content marketing is in it for the long haul. It's the you can get a lot more out of a relationship than you can a sale. I agree, and and I, to kind of jump onto that, you know, it, it it was also known, and it's still known by another name, which is brand journalism, and I think it's rooted in uh, this kind of this softer side of Sears approach to advertising or promoting your your company or organization. It's taking a long form approach. It's uh, allowing you to tell a story, and that's why I think it's so great for healthcare because. Healthcare, the healthcare industry is all about stories. It's all about emotion. It's about patient stories. And that's why it's it's done such a good job. And, you know, again, there are the top two that I think of immediately are Cleveland Clinic and, and Mayo Clinic. Uh, they are they do this to the best I've seen. And I think what also happens in there, and going back to the price of entry and, and why it's so difficult is because if you look at it and you look at you know, go by what the name used to be, brand journalism. It's you have to have that journalist mindset. Yeah. So, you know, people who do well in this area are people that have PR backgrounds or they have writing backgrounds. And when we get to what is successful for brand marketing, you don't always have, you can't really go by the traditional marketing uh, metrics like, you know, impressions and things like that. There, it's, a, it's a whole different metric system. So, you know, with that being said, again, it's, it's a tough thing to get into and it, it, t it takes commitment from top down and bottom up. Yeah. And let's look at it from the standpoint of when, when Jay Bear wrote the book utility, you know, YOU utility. Yeah. To me, that was a game changer. That's, that's one of a handful of books. that was a game changer to me that completely turned my world upside down in a good way about really where marketing's value is. And the very thought of actually providing something of value with no expectation of return in the short term was so foreign to so many marketers because we've been trained otherwise. Right. And and I mean, in the PR world, too, uh, we're trained to just think, well, yeah, we're going to get a placement. We're going to get a mention. We're going to get those kinds of things. Yeah. And to see it where it is now, where that's still sometimes the prevailing thought of how can you give anything away? Okay, again, just from what I've seen, a lot of organizations still think they're doing content marketing, but they're not because the very definition of it is providing value to an audience because you know what they are, what is valuable to them, right. and doing it without any expectation in return. Uh, one of the presentations again at this at the strategic marketing summit was Amanda Todorovich, as I mentioned, and she actually showed their content strategy at Cleveland Clinic. And I just want to read this to you because we only have about you know fifteen more minutes left in the in the program. Yeah, go yeah. for it. You got okay, it. I'm just kidding. It only takes like, <laughs> it only takes like fifteen seconds. Right, right. It's one sentence. That's why I love it. This is their content strategy. It is 
Engage users in daily conversation using health, wellness, and clinical content that is unique to Cleveland Clinic, period. Well, that's You know, so I'm going to just pick that apart really quick. I love it because there are at least three elements in there that encompass almost everything you'd want in a content strategy. So engage. So that almost is their metric right there. I mean, they want engagement. They're not looking for surgical consults. They're not, they're, they're, they're taking out the clinical metrics that might be associated with other types of marketing, right? They, this is simply engage with us. Let's have a two-way conversation, Cleveland Clinic and, and their, their audiences. Then next, they've given a time frame. It's daily. This is something that people can expect on a daily basis so that when they go to that to their blog, which is an amazing blog, when they go to their site, they're going to see updates. They're not going to see the same content, tired content over and over again. And then they break it down into three main, uh, if you will, kind of bucket areas of their content. Health. That is a, a nice overall encompassing one. So they can talk about, you know, just kind of like um, being proactive, um, you know, eating better, things like that. Wellness. That is that kind of, again, large or larger area kind of generic approach, but that can be exercise, uh, anything along those lines, how to prevent a cold, you know, how to wash your hands. I mean, that's literally anything. And then you got the clinical stuff. So they can talk about what they're doing from their expertise and their surgeries and their and what what accolades they might be getting and how, how that, that can push their centers of excellence possibly at Cleveland Clinic. And then the last line, it's unique to Cleveland Clinic. They're not going to be curating anybody else's stuff. This is their stuff and they're pushing it out there because they're they're an award-winning hospital or an award-winning health organization. So I love that. I mean, it's so simple and yet it says so many things. And here's the thing. She said that hasn't changed in the five plus years she's been there. It doesn't have to. It's the same, even though the staff... Their team has grown dramatically. Their results have grown dramatically. They're monetizing their blog, Health Essentials. They've been monetizing. I mean, they're leading the industry. This success story has been told for a few years now, and that strategy hasn't changed. And so that's their fallback. That's how they can use it. And so it leads me to this this question. I've, I've been asking myself this for a while now, and I, I just keep coming back to, like, why are so few people doing content right and I'm talking across the board. Yeah. This isn't just healthcare. This isn't just uh, hospitals and health systems or health IT or healthcare suppliers or anybody. It's it's everybody. Like, why are so few still at the end of the day doing it right when strategies really do seem fairly straightforward? And there's three thoughts that this is all I can land on in terms of like why why so few are doing it right. Yeah, let's hear it. First thing I think is that. Too many have the wrong definition of what content marketing is. And again, if we come so back... So starting in the beginning, like they, they just don't understand what it's supposed to be, the def, definition-wise. Yes, because I've, I've been in organizations where they believed content marketing, they heard that, like, oh, cool, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take all of our sales brochures, and we're going to turn those <laughs> into blog posts. And it's yeah. about, like, hey, here's, here's 18 reasons why you should choose our software. Right. Or even better, here's 18 reasons why you should choose a certain type of software with these specific features. And, oh, guess what? We're the only ones with those features. Yeah. And so it's really a features and benefits. It's a. It's, it's just they're just they're basically regurgitating something. Yeah, and it's sales collateral, and that's not providing value without right. any expectation in return. It's like call here to set up your you know free demo or whatever at right. the bottom of that. Right. That's not content marketing. So having the wrong definition to start off with uh, can hinder you from doing it correctly because from the get go you're going to expect a return in the short term, and it's not going to be there. Right. Because that guess what that engages with nobody. Right. Uh, the second one is uh, the wrong execution. So 
I think for years, again, when content marketing and inbound marketing just first became a thing, a lot of organizations really did think they didn't have to add any resources because guess what? You're doing a lot of it on social media and blogs and white papers and webinars and infographics and infographics. And you're like, those are its owned media. That means we don't have to pay for it because by definition we say it earned, owned and paid. We're like, Oh, that means I don't have to pay for content marketing. And I think that was a misnomer. I think it's dangerous to even call it something other than paid because we have that thought that, Oh, we'll just, we'll just pile that onto again, what we're doing in other ways. And so that means team structures haven't always been set up to accommodate it in a real way right. and resources haven't been dedicated that way. When you just pile it onto what you're already doing, mm, no, one of the stats that was thrown out at the summit last week was that most organizations actually spend three to 10 times as much as they think they do on content marketing. Really? Everybody wants their content to work, but if you're not careful, it'll drive you berserk. You need the right partner, but where to begin? Use True North Custom, that's how you win. In healthcare content marketing, gotta try something new, cause innovation is king. True North Custom, they're the bomb. Check it at truenorthcustom.com. Guys, listen up. True North Custom is the only healthcare marketing firm delivering the full continuum of content strategy. For 30 years, guys, 30 years, they've helped healthcare organizations engage consumers and clinicians through award-winning content and data-driven campaigns. Today, more than 500 clients trust them for expertise in three categories. Excellent content supporting brand, driving business, and leveraging marketing technology solutions. Think about it. Two-thirds of healthcare marketers feel content marketing is essential or very important to their organizations. But with the rise of content marketing as an effective way to amplify your voice and boost patient volume, separating your brand signal from all the noise can be a challenge. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? So here's where this comes in. This is an exclusive download for Healthcare Wrap listeners. True North has a free guide for you to download. It's called Content Plus Automation, the modern marketing power couple. Guys, this is a way to supercharge your content strategy. It's really easy. All you got to do is go to bit.ly slash healthcare wrap one, the number one. That's where you will find this exclusive resource. Again, it's available only for Healthcare Wrap listeners. So check that again. It's at bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number one. Tell your whole crew. So there's a reality check that needs to take place of it costs a lot more. You need resources. You can't just say we're going to create a video every week and have it be quality, a quality video that's going to engage your audience unless you invest in the resources to do it right. And you can't just have. Well, that was what I was talking about earlier was that price of entry. Like, you know, if you go out and Google right now what a content marketing team consists of, it's consistently about anywhere from five to ten people. I mean, do you have the FTEs at your organization in your marketing department to immediately make a, a content marketing team? You know, that's video, that's designer, that's beat reporter, basically, that's editor, that's content strategist. There, you know, there's probably should be some junior designers in there. There's a, a somebody like analytics. There's uh, somebody that does just the social media. There's a videographer. I mean, I've just named about seven, eight people right there. Yep. So again, doing it right sometimes can't get done because you don't as a as a vp or a or a director how do you how do you get that department going right away not not only you have to sell it but then you have to get the ftes and those are like you know gold at most organizations yeah good point good point and so i think that's just the reality check that's got to take place i mean it's going to be more than one person who does everything and then the third reason I, i've landed on recently is just that we're using the wrong metrics yeah so a conversion, a click, uh, those things can work. But if you're thinking about 
content's all about growing an audience by providing them things that they actually want, yeah. things that are helpful and useful to them. It can the format is almost irrelevant. Content marketing used to be only associated with a blog, yeah. and we know better than that now. It doesn't matter if it's B two B or B two C. Doesn't matter. Content the format almost doesn't matter. The fact is, are you building a relationship with an audience and that's not usually directly tied to sales. Um, don't get me wrong, you can do it right, and that leads to sales, and that builds a funnel. Right. The right. funnel, you know, like... Yeah, the marketing we, we, funnel, right? Yeah, we, it, it can lead to that uh, if you're doing it right. In healthcare, sometimes it's harder because there's multiple decision makers. If you're talking about the tech or IT or uh, the supplier side or the clinical side, a lot of times there's more than one decision maker involved in that decision, so it's hard to know if one piece of content... Uh, happens there. Another stat that was thrown out at the summit, which I, I just loved it. I mean, it's stuff that I'm, I'm walking down the hall now and people, I'm like, hey, did you know this about content marketing? And people are like, what? You know, <laughs> You're an evangelist now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure you were before, but now you're even more. Now so. I've got just some more to, you got so, some meat to throw Some more there. meat to evangelize. Yeah. And, and this, this other one was that the average number of pieces of content that's required on, on a customer's journey, just in general. Like, this wasn't just healthcare, just like on average, how many pieces of content does it take during a customer journey to end up with a sale? And uh, the number was 12. Wow. 12 different pieces of content. So the metrics on any one particular piece of content probably aren't going to be that high. And so you've got to think about long-term, uh, and it's things like subscribers. Yep. Somebody who's provided you their email address because they say, you know, you're giving me good stuff. I want more of that. Mm-hmm. That's one that comes up a lot. And so... Anyway, we've just got to think about the metrics themselves and how we're measuring it. So I'm landing on these things and just thinking, man, content is a is a journey for all of us. And it's going to take more than just the pile-on or tack-it-on approach that we've had in the past for it to be successful. Yeah, you know, the one thing I'm going to key in on that I'm looking forward to and working more in the healthcare industry is, is that idea of giving away content to create better goodwill towards your organization. That is a, a crux, a tenet of, of content marketing. So when you're talking about content marketing and healthcare, that's a tough thing to get your mind around. Like, what are you going to give away? Okay, we could give you like uh, fireworks safety tips and things like that, right? I mean, those are some those are some easy ones, but let's go to that next level deeper. Because I'll give you an example, like the one that I really love that's not in healthcare. And Trying to get stuff outside of healthcare from me because I'm so del- deep into healthcare and, and healthcare content marketing. So this is going outside my uh, realm. But like William Sonoma has a great blog. It's called Taste, and it is literally chock full of recipes, kind of how tos, tips on how to do you know dinner parties. So what they've done is they've done this kind of the six degrees of separation in terms of it, they stay in their lane, but yet they just jut off just a little bit. But they're things that are going to be interesting and helpful to somebody that is that that is their audience. So if someone is buying Williams Sonoma, which is high end kitchen food prep products, uh, you know, whisks and spoons and bowls and all that kind of stuff, naturally you're going to be wanting to throw nice dinner parties. Or you're going to be wanting to try. You're you're in a foodie audience and demographic, right? So they've commanded that area in terms of content marketing and people will go to that and naturally the runoff is oh yeah i'll buy you know william sonoma's stuff or and they offer special deals or special key things 
only on that particular blog. Well, of course, you're going to want to sign up and re- receive that that blog, right, on a regular basis. And you're going to want to go there on a regular basis to, to get new ideas, new content, new recipes, new whatever. That is the essence of, of content marketing. And I think that's why a lot of companies don't know how to do it or aren't doing it right, Jared, is because they can't figure out how to give or what to give away free or they have a real issue with that. Like they, they just can't seem to get, get over that hump, if you will. I'm there. I'm, I'm there. And with that, I think that was like the final final nail in the coffin for this rap battle because I think we killed it. We killed it. We killed it. I think we're going to talk more about this uh, interjected into a lot of our other subjects that we talk about in, in future podcasts. But this is a big one. I mean, it's a really big one. Absolutely. Well, tell you what, let's head on over to the freestyle because okay. I think we got a good one today. Oh, gosh, here we go. Honestly, I don't think we've had a bad one, but yeah, I, I, think, was say. I think this one's good. All right. Okay, so freestyle is the segment where we try to build empathy. We take two minutes apiece. We have not planned what we're going to say. We each have a, uh, we have the same topic, but from two different points of view. And the goal is just to understand things a little better from other perspectives. And what that does is help us build bridges within our organizations because a lot of times those bridges, when they're not there, that's what prevents content marketing and just marketing in general and healthcare in general from not succeeding. So here we go. Uh, the, con- the topic's going to be content. So healthcare content, all right, just in general, yeah. And uh, let's see, we're gonna range into the top out of marketing awesomeness, and as usual, we pull out the the point of view, okay. And that can you read that one? Uh, is it uh, media, news media? Oh, on the other side. No, you're right. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. it's media, like like news media. Okay. All right, so I'm I'm taking this one. All right, here we go. So content marketing or, or content healthcare content for the news media, you know I think it's it's a world now where I think they might have been had an issue with it before because you're, you you could view content marketing healthcare content marketing as taking away their opportunity to tell a story. Yet, if you are a new reporter just coming out, I think it also is kind of like, hey, something just fell in my lap, and I can choose to, I can choose to add on to the story, if you will, and tell the story in a little bit different way. And what you have now is you have the basis to an amazing story. So, if you're doing content marketing right at a health system, the reporter will not have to do too much more with it. They can decide to, to take a component of that story and kind of detail it out, if you will, a little bit. So, I think from a news media standpoint point, content marketing has made their job easier. And again, when you're doing content marketing right, everything is there to pick from. You basically have a table of contents. So if we're talking about fireworks safety, I'm just going to go back to that one again. The reporter can choose to talk about, you know, how many kids have you gotten in the past two years? You know, um, and, and you know, what's the firework that's causing the most uh, bodily harm? And, you know, so there's, and that might have been in the actual, you know, that might have been in the actual little campaign, the content marketing campaign. But then they can choose to blow into that a little bit more and decide if they want to um, carry it out and do a full-blown story on it. So I just feel like content marketing offers it's the key to offer more content for local media and regional media and sometimes if it gets big enough it can become a uh, trade publication or a national media story as well so i feel like if the news media lets it it can be a boon for them uh, perfect on timing and and well on point in Thank terms you. of the thought of it doesn't have to be seen as competitive i no. like that no I like that and it's 
smart folk uh, other ways. Which one do we also have? Let's see, pull out the Let's other see. one. Let's see. Uh, I've got a nurse, like a wow, a nurse. I'll, this is an interesting one because it's like from what? the inside out. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe I think of like a like a discharge nurse. All right, I'll just go with that. All right, yeah, let me like hit you for two minutes here. I mean, because that's about the only. I'm sure I know other kinds of nurses. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here All we right. go. So I'm thinking a discharge nurse. One, the types of content that would be extremely valuable there would be something that helps me with patient education as I am at the point of discharge with a patient and their family, that I want something clear, easy, accessible, something I can share with them about their condition, about what happens next, about their treatment, about uh, follow-up care. It's part of the transition of care at that point, and it's got clinical value, not just something that's trying to make a sale with them. So it's smart to make content for those who are in contact with the patients the most because they need it, they want it, they've got to have it to be able to take care of the patient. That's what a nurse is going to care about, is taking care of the patient. So by creating that content, that content could come from anywhere. I've seen, when I worked for a couple of medical device companies, uh, some of the, we, we would do like charts that show up in the lab room or an exam room that are like anatomical charts and the only you know, semblance of anything sales related was that there was a logo of the company at the bottom of it. And it may be talking about a treatment or maybe just part of the body that a new treatment has to do with, but it wasn't featuring the products. It was featuring their anatomy. And in their case it was either a nurse or, you know, or a provider of some other kind that was actually using that as a resource with the patient. Okay. Hey, look, here's this illustration of the anatomy. You know, let me show you what's going on here. Here's something to remember at discharge, for instance. So in that case, content marketing has a whole other spin when we think of it as more than just building building your sales funnel, quite frankly. If there's some clinical evidence and usefulness to it, just don't don't discount the nurses. Right, right, exactly. Really on point again and on time. Right, we're, we're knocking this out of the park today. I mean, sometimes you can't help it. I know. I, one thing I will add on to this, because I think this would be, and I'm, I'm sure this is happening at healthcare institutions, probably at Cleveland Clinic, probably at Mayo, but I'm sure, like, if there's a video, a piece of content marketing out there that features a doctor in his best form, just, you know, great interactions with the, with the, with a, with a child or whatever. And a new patient's coming in that day and they're nervous about, you know, if they have to have a procedure or whatever. I could easily see an intake nurse or, or, a, or some type of a, um, an examiner at that point, basically saying, Hey, I hear you're going to be seeing Dr. So-and-so, you know what, why don't you check out this video? We just, you know, our, our communications department did not too long ago on our blog. Uh, it features Dr. So-and-so you can see how he interacts with kids. Give it a look. Right now, you've become an ambassador for your health institution. You've talked up one of your own doctors, and you've made the patient delighted because you've calmed them down. You've given them reason to feel uh, secure and safe. And right there, that's a three, three-headed win. So I got to think that that's happening at some of the better health institutions that are, that are practicing content marketing. I agree. And I think we'll kind of leave it on this note because I think to wrap it all up, what's healthcare content all about? This is a little mantra I use now, and it's what I try to think about every day, uh, genuinely. This is what I ask myself about content. Did I make healthcare easier, less scary, more accessible, or more human for someone today with that that content? If I did, then that 
all the metrics will fall in place and the value will present itself because it's engaging and it's ultimately helping healthcare. So that's where I'll leave it on my side. I'll say one more thing. You know, I love the other the other thing I love is I love reading Reagan's uh, healthcare email that they send out. And they had an article, I don't know, maybe four or six months back about content and specifically, I think it was on content marketing, but one one of the things that they said is, if you wanna just boil it down to determining if it's worthwhile to do, just ask this, it's two words, so what? So what, if you put something out and you can't answer the so what question, it might not be the right content for you. It's really, why are you doing this? What is the purpose of this? And if you are having, are you struggling to come up with the so what? then maybe you better think about a different topic or a different area. Uh, Because look, we all have limited amount of time, limited amount of resources. It better be the right stuff for the right audience because otherwise you're just wasting your time. And And that's not what content marketing is about. No, and hopefully that's not what this podcast is about either. Hopefully it's not feeling like you're wasting your time with us. So we love hearing from you. Yeah. Uh, tweet us at Healthcare Wrap. Uh, look us up at healthcarewrap.com. Subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear that from you. And thanks. Uh, thanks for listening genuinely. Yeah. On behalf of Peter and myself, uh, thanks again. I uh, hope to hear you next time. And that's a wrap. Thanks.